0: Satan Has a Plan, Part 2, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. As stated in the previous blast, it is imperative for mankind to comprehend the enemy's plan and man's involvement in it. Let us go back and review the scripture found in Isaiah chapter 14 to help us bear in mind the heart condition of the enemy, better understand his strategy to be like God, and understand how he has used man from the very beginning to fulfill his dreams, or should I say, fantasies. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14 For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also send on the Mount of Congregation on the farther sides of the North. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Now here is the most ludicrous statement of all. I will be like the Most High. These five I wills, or five decrees, are the backbone or infrastructure of this world and the society we live in. Unfortunately, The Lord is unfairly blamed for the appalling things that happen to man in this world, when in reality it is the enemy and his abominable plans that create the problems. You see, this world belongs to him and is under his jurisdiction. The earth itself belongs to God, but this world evolved from Satan's imagination. Ironically, Mankind has been duped into thinking they are in control of their own destiny, that this world belongs to them. The truth is, the enemy has cheated us of the perfection we were created to enjoy in God's kingdom. He has robbed us of our well-being. We were blessed as the children of God. No sickness, disease, pain, or death was to be experienced. The earth itself was originally given to humanity as a home for all mankind and endowed with every resource needed for abundant life on this planet. We were protected and governed by kingdom law, guaranteeing a perfect lifestyle for the whole of God's creation. Everything was in order, harmonious, no corruption or decay, wickedness or sin. In this righteous condition, the enemy had no influence over man. To bring to fruition Satan's decree in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13, to sit on the mountain of the congregation of God's people on the farthest side of the north, where God rules through his government, he has ruled through the governments of this world. As history reveals, he has successfully accomplished this. Through government control, the earth's resources have been channeled mainly to those that manifest and satisfy his desires to be his God. In this world, money or wealth is the deciding factor of who is the most powerful, who is deserving to be God. Therefore, he has obviously amassed the riches of this world and placed them in the clutches of those he can use as puppets, And count on to do his will. It is all a part of his plan to be the greatest, greater than the other angels, greater than man, as great or greater than God himself. The prophet Ezekiel spoke the word of the Lord to one of the puppets in the history that Satan possessed, controlled, and functioned through the king of Tyre. Ezekiel. Chapter 28, verses 4 and 5. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. As we continue to read from Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 17, There is further proof of Satan's ability to possess mankind. Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 11 through 17 Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. But you will soon see God was not really talking to man. And say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. King Tyre was not born when the garden existed. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. He was heaven's musician. See why the world's music is so alluring. You were the anointed cherub. See who he is. Who covers. Meant to protect. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. He was to guard and intercede for God's government. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Like Adam, when sin entered, he became shrewd, clever, prideful, and all about self. By the abundance of your trading through people like King Tyre, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. "'Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing "'out of the mountain of God. "'He was no longer the guardian. "'And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, "'from the midst of the fiery stones. "'Took his position from him. "'Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. "'You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. "'His knowledge is warped, yet that is what Eve chose.' I cast you to the ground. The earth became his domain. I laid you before kings, that they might gaze at you. God has exposed who he really is. Do we better understand why mankind is in the shape he is in today? We brought wickedness and sin on ourselves. Eve chose Satan's warped knowledge over God's, took counsel from him rather than Christ. The tree of life. Our morals therefore changed. Our nature was no longer in God's image. We willingly allowed ourselves to be intermarried with angels, to become a different race than that what God created us to be, as discussed in Genesis chapter 6. We foolishly chose to be governed by leadership, chosen by man rather than God thus opening ourselves to the likes of King Tyre. We did it. We built churches based on doctrine, deciphered through the world's twisted knowledge. In short, we built all the world's systems through our intellect, with our database founded on the mind of the enemy. Are we beginning to understand that God has nothing to do with the problems we encounter in this world? We brought them on ourselves by breaking God's law and associating with the one we were forbidden to mentally taste or touch. The tree of life is not of this world, and we should not be either. We are in it, but should not be of it. In John, chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, My servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Here is a description of God's kingdom, as prophesied by Daniel. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people only the true children of God. It shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel, chapter 7, verses 13 and verse 14. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to Him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. God has given both man and the enemy ample time to carry out their plans, to live according to their own desires and ability to do things their way. Time is almost up, however, and we are on the brink of restoration. The seed of Abraham, the children of promise, the new creature, born through the end-time word, is beginning to manifest or appear. A new species, after the order of Melchizedek, is springing forth. They are a new and different kind, a new species, created in concept, before the earth was formed, to be made manifest in the timing of the Creator. So much for Satan being man's creator through those he altered in becoming like God. As for the decree, I, Satan, will ascend into heaven and exalt my throne above the stars of God, Jesus experienced death at the hands of the enemy through man. But hell couldn't hold him, nor could the grave. He resurrected, showed himself forty days to people as proof, then triumphantly ascended to the heavens, to the right hand of the Father, defeating yet another decree of Satan. Mark, chapter 16, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into the heaven. He ascended to the heavenlies, and sat down at the right hand of God. Too late, enemy! By the way, Jesus is the bright and morning star, too. So there is no way Satan won the claim to be above the stars of God, either. Revelation, chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. As for the enemy ruling the congregation on God's holy mountain, as he decreed, let us read from Revelation, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on the mountain of Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder, and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps, they sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Earth and world are interchangeable. I feel this would have been better if translated as world. Nor will Satan rule the nations as he claimed, as seen in Revelation, chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This is who the new species is born through. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, end-time revelation, that with it, he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The world at this moment has become one huge prison for humanity. In it, sickness, pain, and death reign. The systems, although developed through man, are a reflection of the one behind them. It will be wonderful when the Lord takes over. Right now, the educational system still lures man to the enemy's warped knowledge. This was man's original sin, desiring and choosing this knowledge. You would think we would learn. Through it, This messed-up world has evolved. See how we've been used? Look at the world's religious systems also. They have a form of godliness, but their doctrines are twisted to suit the enemy's plan. We are allowed to feel we are pleasing to the Lord, so we won't seek change. But all along, doctrines devised by devils allow immorality, hypocrisy, and lawlessness to exist. They slyly portray the Almighty as an aloof being, hard to know or commune with on a personal level. God gave the world's religion a name, Babylon, and warned us to come out of her. There are secret societies, mystery religions, that in many cases outwardly worship Satan. As the combined religions of the world, Babylon is the bride of Satan— even as the true church is the bride of Christ. And just look at what the world's banking systems have done. In a world that money denotes power and control, you can see how in bondage mankind is. We have to pay taxes to support the other systems. We have to be licensed to do anything. Get married, drive a car, preach, teach, have a business, on and on. All in all, we are ensnared, trapped, in prison in the world's systems, all a part of Satan's plan. We must ask God to intervene. God wants His children free. All creation eagerly waits for His children to be totally set free. When the children are freed, creation itself will be set free also, as it was our stupidity, our fall that imprisoned them in the first place. As stated before, we originally had dominion, but sold out to Satan, making creation his property. We can plainly see the devil's plan at work. He has crossbred most of creation as well as man, developing altered species of almost everything on earth, so he could legally claim himself as their creator and therefore be their god. But, there is hope. God had a plan as well. Now, Psalms, chapter 102, verses 18 through 20, makes perfect sense. Psalms, chapter 102, verses 18 through 20. This will be written for the generation to come, the new species, that a people yet to be created. Just a concept at David's time but reality now in this end time. May praise the Lord, for he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven the Lord viewed the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death in this world. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 and 2 becomes clear. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Jesus because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, those in debt, sick terminally, hopelessly addicted, Caught up in bad relationships, etc. Verse four brings a whole different look at restoration. Isaiah chapter sixty one verse four, and they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. These will bring restoration with perfection. As they have the mind of Christ to guide them, the children of God will restore what is worth restoring. But second Peter shows us the entirety of the plan of God, second Peter chapter three verse thirteen. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The world as we know it. Will be destroyed, and God's kingdom will be established in its place. Isaiah prophesied it long ago. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Verses 18 and 19 are speaking prophetically of New Jerusalem and the new species He has created. Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 18 and 19. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem, as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. New people, firstlings of the new earth, I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Isaiah repeats in chapter 66, verses 22 through 24. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. We who are born again through the word are Abraham's seed, true Israel. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord, and they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me for their warmth does not die, and their fire is not quenched. They shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. Put some doubt on the false doctrine once saved, always saved, doesn't it? You see, there are those that love and trust the world, and therefore serve the losing master. They will be found in the wrong kingdom, and on the wrong side. When closing... Heaven and hell battle on through man, and as proven through end-time knowledge, Satan's plan will fold, and God's plan prevails. Satan's decrees, his oaths, will be eradicated by the oath of God, his word. Remember, on his thigh is written a name, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. (laughs) So much for Satan's plan.